Welcome to Zichud Avsi, my name is Abraham Goldar, and today we're going to talk about the 16th parakeet, Isha Basra. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one. The next mission states regarding identifying a dead body to permit the wife to remarry. They may not testify except upon seeing the form of the dead man's face with the nose, even though they're identifying marks on the man's body and on his clothing. The more it clarifies how much of the face must be identified from what was taught in Abraisa. If witnesses only see a corpse's forehead without the form of the face, or only the form of the face without the forehead, they may not testify until both are seen together with the nose. Abaya Rav Kahana said, What is the Pasuk which supports this ruling? The recognition of their faces testified to their identity. Rashi explains that testimony is only effective with regard to the face, not to the rest of the body. More brings an incident of Abba Marmarta, who was also known as Abba Barman Yumi, who owed money to members of the Reish Galusa's household. He brought wax and attached it to a small rag, and then attached it to his forehead, and when he passed by, they didn't recognize him. Pointing to Abai attempts to resolve a contradiction between the Mishnah and Abraisa, whether Simonim are considered reliable as a means of identification. By saying that the Braisa that taught that they are was the opinion of Rebeliezer ben Mahavai, who considers them valid midaraisa, and the Mishnah is the opinion of the Rabban, who do not consider them valid midaraisa. For Asad and Abraisa regarding testifying about the identity of a corpse to permit the wife to remarry, Aimi Eden al Shuma, they may not testify regarding the identity of a corpse based on a mole. Rebeliezer ben Mahavai says, me eating, they may testify. This suggests Rabbi Yezim and Mahavai hold Simanim de Raisa, that Simanim are valid with the Raisa, and the Rabban holds Simanim de Rabban, that they're only valid with the Rabban. Rav rejects Abai's interpretation and says that everyone agrees that Simanim are valid with the Raisa, but here in the case of the mole, they disagree with the mole, which is commonly found on the same part of the body as one's ben gilo, which Rashi explains as someone born at the same hour and therefore has the same muzzle. The Rabbanu hold that a mole is commonly found on a ben gilo, and therefore it's not a valid simon to identify the corpse, and Rogiezer ben Mahavai holds a mole is not commonly found. The Gemara brings alternative versions of Rava's explanation. And pointing with you, the mission stated, Eden el They may not testify that a man is dead until they see that his soul has departed. Even though they saw him suffering from being hacked, which Rashi explains means cut by a sword, hanging from a gallows, or devoured by a wild beast. Rav Yudah said in the name of Shmuel regarding the wild beast, They taught this only where the animal was seen eating from an area in the body from which his soul does not depart, referring to non-vital organs or limbs. But from a place where the soul departs, meaning the vital organs, such as the brain, heart, or intestines, they may testify. So once again, the three points are number one. The next mission states regarding identifying a dead body to permit the wife to remarry. They may not testify except upon seeing the form of the dead man's face with the nose, even though they're identifying marks on the man's body and on his clothing. The more it clarifies how much of the face must be identified from what was taught in Abraisa. If witnesses only see a corpse's forehead without the form of the face, or only the form of the face without the forehead, they may not testify until both are seen together with the nose. Abaya Rav Kahana said, What is the Pasuk which supports this ruling? The recognition of their faces testified to their identity. Rush explains that testimony is only effective with regard to the face, 
not to the rest of the body. More brings in incident of Abba Marmarta, who was also known as Abba Barmanyumi, who owed money to members of the Reshkulus's household. He brought wax and attached it to a small rag and then attached it to his forehead, and when he passed by, they didn't recognize him. Pointing to Abai attempts to resolve a contradiction between the Mishnah and Abraisa, whether Simanim are considered reliable as a means of identification, by saying that the Brisa that taught that they are was the opinion of Rebeliezer ben Mahavai, who considers them valid midaraisa, and the Mishnah is the opinion of the Rabban, who do not consider them valid midaraisa. For a sudden Brisa regarding testifying about the identity of a corpse to permit the wife to remarry, Amy Eden al Shuma, they may not testify regarding the identity of a corpse based on a mole. Rabbi Mahavai says, me eating, they may testify. This suggests Rabbi Yezim and Mahavai hold Simonim de Raisa, that Simonim are valid with the Raisa, and the Rabban holds Simonim de Rabban, that they're only valid with the Rabban. Rabbi rejects the Baiser interpretation and says that everyone agrees that Simonim are valid with the Raisa, but here in the case of the mole, they disagree, Bashuma Matsuya Bemengilo, with a mole which is commonly found on the same part of the body as one's Bengilo, which Rashi explains as someone born at the same hour and therefore has the same muzzle. The Rabbana hold that a mole is commonly found on a Bengilo, and therefore it's not a valid simon to identify the corpse, and Rabbi ben Mahavai holds a mole is not commonly found. The Gemara brings alternative versions of Rabbah's explanation. And pointing with you, the mission stated, Amy Eden El They may not testify that a man is dead until they see that his soul has departed. Even though they saw him suffering from being hacked, which Rush explains means cut by a sword, hanging from a gallows, or devoured by a wild beast. Rabbi said in the name of Shmuel regarding the wild beast, They taught this only where the animal was seen eating from an area in the body from which his soul does not depart, referring to non-vital organs or limbs. But from a place where the soul departs, meaning the vital organs, such as the brain, heart, or intestines, they may testify. All right, so now we go to a simon for Daf Kufchaf, and this simon was suggested to us by Michael Raskus from New Rochelle. He suggested Kufchaf is a cook. A cook. So here goes. The cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, who had been tragically attacked in his vital organs by a wild beast. Once again, it's slow motion. The cook, the cook, that must be more Duff, Kufchaf. The cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters, based on his face, forehead, and nose, which reminds us, it was taught in a brice of witnesses only see a corpse's forehead without the form of a face, or only the form of the face without the forehead, they may not testify until both are seen together with the nose. So the cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, which reminds us, Rubber rejected a bias interpretation of a Mahokas and said that everyone agrees that Simanim are valvim in the rice, but here in the case of the mole, they disagree with a mole, which is commonly found in the same part of the body as one's Bengilo, which Rashi explains as someone born at the same hour and therefore has the same muzzle. The Rabban hold that a mole is commonly found on a Bengila and therefore is not a valid simon to identify the corpse. And Rabbi Yezid ben Mahavai holds a mole is not commonly found. The Gemara brings alternative versions of Rabbah's explanation. So the cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters, based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, who had been tragically attacked in his vital organs, by a wild beast. Which reminds us, the mission stated, They may not testify that a man is dead until they see that his soul is departed, even though they saw him suffering from being hacked, hanging from a gallows, or devoured by a wild beast. Reviewed a said in the name of Shemur, the wild beast, they taught this only when the animal is seen eating from an area in the body from which his soul does not depart, referring to non-vital organs or limbs. But from a place where the soul departs, meaning the vital organs, such as the brain, heart, or intestines, they may testify. 
So once again, the cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, who had been tragically attacked in his vital organs by a wild beast. All right, now it's time for four blah Chazara. Daf Kuftezain. So the simmer Daf Kuftezain is a barber giving haircuts. So here goes. The barber, barber, that must be more Daf Kuftezain. Barber giving haircuts. The barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife, which reminds us of the Mishnah Daf Kufya Dal Amun stated, Katata Binolavinam If there was conflict between him and her and peace in the world, the wife is not believed to say her husband died when they were overseas. The Gemara here asks, Hechidami Katata What is considered conflict between him and her? And concludes that it's when she says, You've divorced me in the presence of pony and pony. And when the witnesses are asked, they say, It never happened. So the barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife overheard the judge waiting for a haircut advise a woman on the phone to dress up and look like a mourner. Which reminds us of what the Mishnah said regarding a woman testifying that her husband died overseas. She's never believed unless she comes weeping with her clothing torn. The Chamin responded, Whether one woman displays signs of mourning and another does not, they're both believed and are permitted to marry. The Gemara cites an incident with a woman who came to Rabbi Huda's basin to testify that her husband had died. Some rabbis there at the basin told her to show signs of mourning by crying over her husband, tearing her clothing, and disheveling her hair. These were but held like the coming that she's believed without showing signs of mourning. But they knew Rabbi Huda would not permit her to marry unless she showed such signs. So the barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife overheard the judge waiting for a haircut advise a woman on the phone to dress up and look like a mourner. And that it was okay her husband died during the olive harvest and not the grain harvest. Which reminds us, the next mission states that Beis Hillel said regarding believing a woman who testifies about her husband's death, We have not heard this tradition except in a case where she comes in the grain harvest and in the same country, as were the circumstances in the case which is the basis for this ruling. The Gemara explains that before Beis Hillel retracted this ruling, the rationale was that a woman would be afraid to lie in a place where the incident occurred because her testimony could be contradicted by others. Beishamah's reply would be she would still be afraid to lie even where she testifies that he had died in a different country because caravans bringing people from that country are common. Daf Kuf Yud Zayn. So the Simmer Daf Kuf Yud Zayn is a Gabai with a set of keys. So here goes. The Gabai's wife. Gabai's wife. That must be on Daf Kuf Yud Zayn. Gabai with a set of keys. The Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Which reminds us, the Mishnah states regarding to what extent a woman is believed when she testifies that her husband has died. She may marry and collect her ksuba. Rav Nachman said, but if she said, My husband died, give me my ksuba, we do not give her the ksuba and we do not even permit her to marry. The reason is a daita ksuba side. She came to Basin for the purpose of collecting her ksuba. Rashi explains that she had come for a monetary issue, which requires two witnesses. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he passed away, which reminds us. The next mission of the Daf states regarding testifying that a woman's husband had died, Everyone is believed to testify for her, except her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her tsar, her yavin's wife, and her stepdaughter. Rashi explains that they're not believed since they hate her and intend to cause her harm by lying. The Gemara asks what the halach is with regard to Abbas Chamiya, her father-in-law's daughter from a different wife, and leaves a question 
unresolved. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away. Was finally permitted to marry when a single witness testified to his death, even though a second one came after and contradicted his testimony. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains that if one witness testified saying he died, and based and permitted her to marry on that basis. And then a second witness comes before she remarries and testifies to the contrary. She does not leave her original state of Heter. This is because, as Zula said, Wherever the Torah believes a single witness, it's as though there are two witnesses there. Therefore, even if a second witness comes and testifies to the contrary, the words of one witness are not significant relative to the words of two witnesses. So the similar Daf Kufyotches is Kichol. So here goes. When the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and Kichol Kichol, that must be one Daf Kufyotches. When the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and Kichol, and the second one said he did not die, which reminds us the mission on the bottom of Daf Kufyot Zainam base stated regarding two Tsars who were overseas with her husband and then returned, if one of the wives said regarding her husband he died and then one said he did not die, the one who says he died may marry and collect Ksuba, and the one who said he did not die may not marry nor collect Ksuba. The Gemara answers that the case of the second Tsar saying he did not die was needed, for we might have thought that the second Tsar knows that the husband is dead. But she said he did not die because she intends to ruin the first Tsara, hoping that she'll have to remain an Aguna, even though she's hurting herself as well. And she's saying like Shimshon said, Let my soul die with the Plishtim. Therefore the Mishnah is teaching that in this case, the second Tsara can still not remarry. So when the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel, which reminds us the third mission on the Daf states, Kiddush Akhaz Makamish Nashim, Kiddush, if one was Makadish, one of five women does not know which one he was Makadish, and each one says, Osi Kiddush, he was Makadish me, he gives a get to each one and places a super pain between them and withdraws a coin to Rabbi Tarf. The Mephoshim explained that he doesn't literally place the money between them, but rather he places the money before them in Basin and challenges each one to prove that she's the one who's entitled to Ksuba. Rikiva says, This way will not get him out of doing an Avera until he gives a get and the Ksuba payment to each and every one. A similar case is brought regarding a man who stole from one of five people and can't remember who, and they all claim that he stole from them. So when the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel. And even though he always complained that Kichel wasn't crispy enough, his wives preferred to stay married to him instead of being single. Which reminds us that Gemara taught that if one grants a get to his wife through a third party in a place where there's strife between the husband and the wife, it's not a schus for the wife. As Rishakish said, It's better to live as two bodies than to live alone. A woman prefers to stay in a difficult marriage than to be single. Daf Kuf so the similar Daf Kuf is a kite. So here goes. The woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite. A kite? That must be one duff. Kuf The woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant, which reminds us, the mission had stated, Ha'isha shahalak ba'al of tsarasul a woman whose husband and tsara went overseas and people came and said to her, your husband died, she can't marry a stranger nor be taken in Yibo until she determines whether her tsar is pregnant. The woman why she may not marry a stranger. If the concern is that her tsara may not be pregnant, so that she's high to be taken in Yibum, I could say, Follow the majority of women, and the majority of women do conceive and give birth. 
Therefore, it's safe to assume that Sarah gave birth to a viable child overseas, and she's exempt from Yibum and permitted to a stranger. The Gemara says the mission is going according to Rabbi Meir, the Chayshul Miyuta, who's concerned for the minority. But according to the Rabbanon, who go according to the majority, the widow would be permitted to a stranger. So, the woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her sorrow was pregnant, was embarrassed when it flew over nine kosher stores and one trade one, and landed on a piece of meat, which reminds us, the Gemara suggests that the Mishnah could even be in accordance with the Rabbanon. For when did they go after the robe? It's only in a case of Ruba de Esakaman, a robe that is before us, like the cases of nine stores, or Sanhedrin, the case of nine stores, is when meat is found in the street, and it's not known whether it comes from one of nine stores that sells kosher meat, or from the one store that sells treif. But in both cases, the majorities are before us, and we can rule the meat is kosher, and the person is acquitted. But in a case where the majority is not before us, such as in our case, where the majority is based on the premise that most women in the world conceive and give birth, the Rabban do not fall the majority. The Gemara rejects is proving that the Rabban go with Rove even when the majority is not before us. So, the woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant, was embarrassed when it flew over nine kosher stores and one trade one, and landed on a piece of meat, right in between the wives of two brothers who claimed their husbands had passed away. Which reminds us, the next mission states that if the wives of two brothers return from overseas, and this one says, my husband died, and this one says, my husband died, this one is prohibited to marry a stranger on account of that one's husband, and that one is prohibited to marry a stranger on account of this one's husband. Rashi explains that each woman is prohibited, for perhaps each brother-in-law is alive, and they are chayv in Yibam. They cannot rely on each other's testimony, since we learn in the mission that one of the women who is not believed to give testimony that another woman's husband has died is her Yibimta, her brother-in-law's wife. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichushin, a great day and great learning.